Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Hi! Hi! And we're back! We're back! And I smacked the microphone table. I'm How so sorry. How dare you? How very dare me. I know. I'm trying to get my microphone all adjusted. Microphone and bearings and all the fun technical things. Yes. Lady. Yes. It feels strange to jump straight into this, but what are we drinking tonight? Or what are you drinking, I guess, specifically? Well, I'm drinking a Moscow Mule from your fancy, dancy drink machine. Do you want to... Crap. I'm Now I'm blanking on what the system is called. I don't know what it's called. Drinkworks. Drinkworks. Yes. From so, Keurig. Yeah. So it's basically like a Keurig, but for cocktails. And they are not sponsoring us at all. It is just that good. <laughs> you come with little pods that have the flavorings, um, the alcohol already in them. And then you just add water and a little CO2 cartridge. And it's fantastic. Yes. And I, from that same setup, am drinking a whiskey cola. Yes. It's quite fantastic. I got the Moscow Mule because I have never had a Moscow Mule. And how's it treating you? It's great. Treat me well. As Matt said, have one. It's tasty. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm taking that as permission. Mm -hmm. I did not take it as sarcasm because Mm -hmm. you can't be sarcastic with me and alcohol. No, we, you usually get like little four packs of the little pods and we order the like jumbo size box that has like 16 of Of the Moscow Mules at a time because we both love them. Mm. girl cheers cheers i'm sorry i'm just hogging my drink tink tink i miss tinking tink, tink, tink. oh deliciousness in a cup it is oh, feels good girl today is an exciting day it is we are kicking off the new format Yay! of our podcast so for anyone who did not catch it um, our announcement last time. Do you want to give a quick update of what we are going to be doing? Yes. Now we have decided we're going to start reviewing documentaries that are parenthood, motherhood related. Because mm-hmm. um, through, I did a little bit of research and it just seems like it's a niche that's just, it's out there. There's some great documentaries out there, but mm-hmm. too many people seem to want to cover them. So, I presented it to Sarah, who thought, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Enter us. (laughs) (laughs) So we are here to, I don't know, I would say enlighten you, but I don't know if I'm going to be really enlightening. Relay the information. Yes. Go watch it or don't go watch it. We never really decided if we were going to have a rating system or anything like that. I think our tone will kind of convey that one way or the (laughs) other. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure too. By the way, before we get started, I love Sarah's shirt. It's a it's two beer mugs clinking and it says, Let's get ready to stumble. Hee-hee. And that's what happens when I drink beer, people. So yeah, I totally live for that. This is like super duper oversized shirt that my cousin brought like a bunch of extras to the family reunion. So I grabbed two, my husband grabbed one, and so it's just the perfect sleeve shirt. And side note, I feel like I'm definitely winning at quarantine bingo today. I am still in last night's pajamas. I just put deodorant on right before Pamela came so that I wouldn't kill her. Um, That's I, why you didn't hug me. I was on the sofa the entire day. I was doing work, but it was just like, oh my gosh, I don't even have time to get up. 
I had food delivered. I had just, you know, ticking all the boxes of like, yep, this is quarantine life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I hadn't um, had to take Sabrina to dance this evening, I probably wouldn't have showered or anything. But Mm -hmm. she had... we're in the process of getting remnants of a hurricane. So mm-hmm. we have literally had two solid days of rain and mm-hmm. it's flooding. So schools decided because of COVID now we can have remote learning instead of closing schools. Woo. We're going to have remote learning. So I, I also showered in the case that her teacher says, oh, Sabrina, could you get your mama? I want to ask her a question because there have been times where that's happened and my hair is still in a towel or and you're like, what? Or I just have to tell y'all, curly hair, if any of my curly haired ladies, when you wake up in the morning, it's it's not pretty. It's something. Yeah, it's yeah, sure, it's something. It's something I don't want anybody else to see. So we, uh, yeah, so I'm like, I have to get a shower just in case she wants to say something to me. And, of course, Sabrina's like, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't care. But, anyway, because if she didn't, I would just be like, because I'm still unemployed, so I ain't got nowhere to do. Hmm. You know what did, be? did your teacher want to talk? Huh? Huh? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? I'm bored. No, I'm not really bored. Okay. So... Do you want to introduce what we reviewed? Sure. So our very first documentary that we are taking a look at is called State of Play Trophy Kids. And this is actually part of a larger docuseries on HBO. Um, State of Play is what the docuseries is called. And this episode was directed by Chris Bell, and it was released in 2013. And ironically, when we were looking at the giant list of documentaries that we could look into, like, a lot of them are kind of heavy or a lot of like, here's some batshit crazy stuff that goes on and mm-hmm. let's dive into it. So we're like, all right, let's like find a fun one to start yeah, off yeah, with. And I'm um, like, oh, kids in sports. This will be great. Yes, I think I even texted Sarah like, I'm sure there'll be some Karens we can make fun of. No. No, there really weren't Karens. They were just, you know, that jackass who's at every game yeah, and is yelling and, at everyone. And it also wasn't light or funny at all. No, Pamela just kept texting me like, what are you making me watch? Not because the, the document documentary itself is actually fantastic. I was like, these dads are assholes. They're just such garbage humans in them. Oh my God, don't worry. We're going to get all I into it. I was like, this is not funny. Um, we could make it funny but this is not funny sarah you're gonna get pissed off and she's like oh great she's <laughs> like all right who's ready me, 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 me. okay sarah you start us off all right so first off opening voiceover says that's the great thing about sports you don't just play you play to win i'm like okay great this yep. is setting a tone for what's to come yeah Oh, wait, can I interrupt for one second? No. The host yes. is Peter Berg, and um, he says in the beginning before we get into the kids that at the end, there's a segment with a sports psychologist and a formal, former NFL player that will discuss the pros and cons of what mm-hmm. we've seen. Oh, so, girl. And we're going to get on that, too. We will get end. to it. Yes, I just wanted to mention that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go back to it. So, opening shot, a middle school age girl named Amari is pushing a very heavy golf bag up the hill. So, again, 
great. This you said middle school. I think she looks like she's nine or ten. I think you're right. I think that was just my initial judgment. But yeah, she's she's tiny. She's a tiny little thing. And so I'm like, great. This already looks fun. Now, to be honest, I was originally thinking like, okay, is this like a training exercise? But no, she's just like pushing her golf cart. Yeah, because like, she's in the middle of a tournament or a yeah, practice or something. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I keep saying golf cart. Her golf bag like up the hill. Yeah. Um, and another thing to point out at the beginning is it. And I think it was very smart how they did this, even though it's a show or an episode about kids athletics, it's all told from the point of view of the parents. Yes. Cause it's so much about their dynamics and the effect that they have on their kids. And I thought that that was absolutely brilliant. Yes. Yeah. And mm, do you want me to get into the dad? I, I almost have to because I, I can't with this guy. <laughs> so um, with the dad, it, immediately he talks about how um, that golf is like their family's dream. Like her, right? the overall families, and he says mm -hmm. it like it's plural, family's dream is for her to get into the LPGA. Yeah. So, we're, so we're starting off with yeah like she said with golf and we meet andre and his daughter amari yeah i never even got the dad's name just because i was so pissed i was just calling him the dad yeah i kept having to like rewind five times to catch everyone's name so once i got it i'm like all right i gonna remember this yeah so but that's what really just like did the family's goal did i just hear him say that right like yeah do you really think her little sister is really aiming this for her life's goal too and did you also catch that in the same breath, right before he says that, he says, parents need to have realistic expectations about their kids' abilities. No, I didn't catch that. Our, our, and then he says, our family's goal is to get Amari to the L LPGA. I, I keep saying LGPA, but no, LPGA. Yeah. That's, that's a realistic expectation. And I'm like, I have no problem with people, you know, setting high goals and expectations, but it should come from the kid. Yeah. Not the parent. Yeah. And he's like, I, you know, push her and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this was really a tournament or a practice, but she keeps missing a shot. Like she mm -hmm. keeps, um, I, I, I know zip about golf. Uh, you know, I think. But he, I know only a gosh more. So I nothing. think she was having too many swings, not getting as many, um, like, cause it's, the less swings, the better, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the, the lower the number, the better. Yeah, so I think she was having too hard of a time getting it to the, the putting green. Yeah, too many strokes. Yeah, and she, I think, I can't remember if she misses the golf ball on one, or she just doesn't land it on the putting green. He gets mad, and he starts to walk off. He's miked. Um, and he's cussing under his breath. And at the very end, he calls his own daughter a stupid bitch. You even, you had texted me about that. So I knew it was coming. But even so, I was furious. My jaw dropped. At that moment. I had to pause it. I paused it and was like, and that's why I texted you. I was like, I. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is definitely one of the documentaries where everyone's like, you just got to pause it and like anger walk around your living room for a minute. Like, what the fuck is happening? I was like rubbing my cat. I was like, buddy, did that really happen? Did he really say that about her? Why daughter? are people like this? 
Oh, and we we skip past a couple of other problematic things too. Of he's definitely the micromanaging parent. You think so? He's he bugs. <laughs> so this shows how much I know about stuff. He bugs the I wrote the golf referee slash supervisor slash umpire. <laughs> Slash whoever he is. (laughs) About some other kid's brother pushing the bag uphill for his sister when apparently it's understood that you're not supposed to assist the players. And so he's just over there like, why is he pushing the bag up up the hill? He's not supposed to push the bag. And he goes over to um, the referee and he's like, you know, isn't that in the rules? And the the old guy who could clearly like not give a shit one way or the other. It's just like. Well, I don't think it's an official rule. It's just sort of like a common courtesy kind of thing. And but he doesn't do anything. And of course, the dad's like, well, I don't push hers up. Shouldn't mm-hmm. that disqualify her? And he's like, well, no. I mean, I think the way the guy was explaining it was they're put. They're not assisting them on the course. They're mm-hmm. only assisting them to In get between. to the next hole. And the, yeah. that was fine. And he was like, well, that's not how I read it or something yeah. like and that. And then he goes over to the actual parents of those kids and is like, just so you know, I think he's supposed to do it. And the, and the other dad's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, you're not supposed to be doing it. It's fine. Like, he cannot, he's a dog with a bone. He cannot let it go. Like, no. he has been so slighted. Yeah. That, he ugh. will take any little thing for his daughter to get ahead. Exactly. And yeah. he, oh, and he also makes wide sweeping generalizations about other ethnicities. Yep. Yeah. You go for it. Oh, I didn't write notes about that. I totally like. So he says that golf is becoming an Asian sport and they have quote unquote their way of doing things and they have money. So everything he says is just like dripping with contempt and it's basically just a backhanded way of saying like, they're coming in and ruining the game. Like, yeah. shut up. No one cares. So, yeah. White sweeping thoughts about other ethnicities is always fun. Yeah. And it comes actually back in the end, too, with the yes, story. Big time. Yes. All right. So who do we meet next? Next. Oh, yeah. And during this this episode, they kind of go in and out of these four kids' stories. Yes. So we meet four parents, and most of them have just one child but there's one woman that we'll get to eventually who has two sons sorry go ahead no but um the next one is Derek, and i did Mm -hmm. get his dad's name because damn how you gonna forget that punk um and Derek plays basketball i love Derek. Derek was a sweet little boy i'm getting that he was like maybe around 16 or 17 with this because he kept talking about getting scholarship money and stuff yeah but we open on a basketball game that Derek is playing in Mm -hmm. you can tell that boy is trying his hardest oh yeah meanwhile they pan over to the crazy man screaming at him. That's his dad, Steve. Yeah. And his dad, Steve, is um, calling him a fucking idiot for missing some shots. And he's yelling this yes. across the entire gymnasium. Yes. Um, and then the uh, voiceover is how much this basketball co- quote unquote career is to both of them. Mm-hmm. Scholarship is on the line. Money that he's earned for the family is on the line. Like, okay. Like, this just escalated really quickly. But he, and and I'm not saying he, like, called him a fucking idiot once. This is like, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking moron. What Can the you fuck be is any wrong? stupider? Can yeah. you be any stupider? Like, this is just the normal dialogue. 
Yeah. And he's shouting it. And like, you can even see Derek at moments, like kind of pausing. And I'm like, you're the one messing up his game. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. And he, he mentions that like almost right up front that Steve's goal is to get Derek, his son recruited by a D one school with a full scholarship. Like that is the goal because a d1 school leads to nba yeah most people know that mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if you knew that because you don't i assume that that's you what didn't that know meant. you don't know what sports balls are so. sports sports balls are are, are difficult <laughs> but yeah d1 is is um the top of the top so so i will say that derek was definitely a talented kid so we see these home videos of him um playing basketball like really really young and like he he definitely had a natural talent for it and yeah. um his dad says that it really starts showing up around age seven like okay yeah. fair enough you know a lot of kids start playing and getting more coordinated and enjoying different things and you see some videos of him just like sinking shots in the driveway at ages like seven eight yes. nine like it is freaking impressive like he is I don't know anything about basketball people. I'm sorry. I know I tease Sarah, but I could care two craps less about it. Mm. But he is far enough back, whatever that is called in the back part of the court. He's three point like, line. I get. Yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> we're so more. knowledgeable. Um, and he's like throwing it, and he's this tiny little boy, and he's making baskets. Yeah, like. I can understand why why his dad would be excited about his ability. Like I I totally get that. Like I'm totally fine taking your child. Like oh look, they seem a little more gifted here. Let's see if they're interested. Let's hey, exactly. that. But see, you you make the assumption that the parents actually care about the kids' feelings. Oh no 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 no! I know they don't. I'm not making obsessions. I'm saying. <laughs> As me as a I'm, parent. I'm being sarcastic. I know you are. But I'm saying <laughs> as me as a parent. Yeah, I'm nothing like this. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this is the type of parent that I like fear and hope that I never become. That yeah. I fear becoming this person. Yeah. I, I have told Mark that if I ever, you ever find me turning into one of those crazy ass dance moms or screaming at a, some sporting mm-hmm. event to take me away and put me in the car. Mm-hmm. And make me sit there like I'm in timeout. And that's who they made me think of the entire time. Is like if, if they were at a beauty pageant, they'd be the one screaming "kickball change, kickball change" from the backstage area. Like it's just it's too much. Yeah. So when when Derek is about age seven, this is around the year two thousand. Um, at that time, Steve actually owned about nine businesses and had eighty employees. So he was like. A pretty legit businessman, it mm-hmm. sounds like. We, we don't really know what his business was. I'm not sure. But so as soon as Derek turned seven and they kind of discover that basketball talent, Steve never worked again and focused like day and night all of his energy into turning Derek into a basketball superstar. Yeah, he became his coach, trainer, manager, mentor, father. How do we feel about that? I don't like it. No, that's... That's I didn't lot. even like homeschooling my own kid for like the first nine weeks of school and not because, <sighs> and I'm not putting the homeschool moms and dads out there down. It's not me, you know? Yeah. That is a, a full-time job and it is a hard job and you have to have a calling for it. Yes. And, but I think there's a time 
where lines can get blurred when it comes to something competitive like sports. Mm-hmm. And when you become like mentor, trainer, coach, just everything, and mm-hmm. you're with each other 24 7. Mm-hmm. Your yeah, things are gonna explode. There's no separation. It's no. not like you had the crazy coach that you go see, and then you come home to your parents and you get a break from it. No, or the trainer that you might see two or three times a week exactly. for an hour. Yeah, yeah. And did you notice the the crazy part about his um, diet and supplements and stuff? And so yes, they're giving him creatine. Did you hear that? Yes. And I have questions about this because, you know, we cut to teenage Derek who is like doing super hardcore training in the gym, like all these like specialty weighted machines to like really help his jump shot. specialty trainers. Yeah. And uh, Steve just very casually says, you know, oh yeah, by his mid-teens, Derek was already taking 20 to 25 pills a day. Okay. Is that supplements? Is that painkillers for you know, just being sore all the time? It's, like, what is this? supplements, but creatine is a steroid. It's actually in, um, I didn't realize this, so I made my husband stop drinking um, Monster Energy drinks. There's, an, there's another one called Rain, mm-hmm. um, Bang. Several energy drinks have something called creatine, and it is a steroid. And it, if you have no physical issues you should be okay if you drink as many as he was drinking it's not good Mm. um he has his family has history of aneurysms and he also has a tbi so they were and um he mentioned to his doctors that i was being neurotic about it and they were like dear god no because it can mess with your blood pressure it speeds up your heart um, which is why they put it in energy drinks to yeah. keep you awake and going. Yeah, I, I'd heard, I have heard of creatine as a thing, but I'm suddenly realizing that I don't know anything about it. I had no idea that. Like, was a if steroid. you had one, like, just, I mean, it's a very small portion in energy drinks. So I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to sue me, but I'm just saying, like, if you only had one, like, every two or three weeks, you'd be fine, Sarah. Like, yeah, you probably would be fine. I can't drink it. Yeah, I have high blood pressure. I probably would be in the ER later in the day. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that it will overwork. Now, I can't imagine a growing adolescent boy what creatine will do. Now, I'm not talking about steroids that you inject and Mm -hmm. can do all these other bad side effects. But if he's taking these other pills like B12, like sometimes you can have too much of a supplement as well. Yeah. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. And it can build up in your system and do like really and he's a growing, things. I mean, adolescents, like, they're growing. Like, yeah. every bit of them is growing, and you're mm-hmm. going to pump them full of. And I think the other thing about creatine is that it's an artificial, like, stimulant. Yeah. It's not a natural endorphin. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm wrong, people can write me back and tell me I'm stupid. But yeah, um, I didn't realize that it had creatine in it until... He left the can at my parents and my dad was reading it and my dad Googled it because mm-hmm. he was like, creatine, where have I heard that before? Mm-hmm. And he was like, he called me up. He was like, tell him to stop drinking it because he would have these migraines again because of that. Yeah. But he was drinking three or four a day. Ooh, yeah. That's not great even if it didn't have that in it just because, again, like your your blood pressure and everything. But, ooh, yeah, I'm glad he stopped. 
Yeah, I mean, he, every now and then, he'll drink one or so, Mm -hmm. but um, he went back to coffee and Dr. Pepper. I was like, I'd rather you drink Dr. Pepper. There you go. I about to say, this is not coming from two people who are, like, super health freaks by any means. No, I drink, I have, like, I take, like, 12 pills a day, people. Like, really. (laughs) I have, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm serious. I believe you. I also have to uh, call uh, to set up an appointment for a GI specialist because I might possibly have ulcers again. Oh, no. So, like, I'm not the healthiest of people. I just know that if I were to drink, like, a Monster or a Red Bull, I would be in the ER having a heart attack. Mm. Anyway, and I just don't think a 17, 14, whatever age he was at the yeah. time of this should be having anything put into his system that a doctor doesn't recommend. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why you're not supposed, that's why they raised the drinking age and that's why you're not, you shouldn't smoke or anything. You shouldn't smoke anyway, but you should definitely well, that's why they raised the teens. smoking age too. Yeah. It's it, when your body is going through all those changes and especially like as your brain is developing, yes. it can have major impacts on how you develop neurologically. And yeah, I'm thinking of all the ways that it can still, cause your hormones are still, they're not even leveled out yet. Oh, they're not even close. Not Holy even close. crap. Especially a, a young man. I think like somewhere between 23 and 24 is when they start to level. I think somewhere between like 60 and 75 personally, but that's just me. I'm talking biologically. Clearly not, I'm a doctor. I not know ma- things. I'm not talking about <laughs> mature level. I'm just talking about hormones. <laughs> true. I read it on the internet. It must be true. Oh, I saw it on a Facebook meme, girl. I know better. Oh. I, that's better than science. I that's know. Legit. And it has 30 <laughs> likes. And so we, just to polish off this section with uh, Steve and Derek, uh, Steve openly admits, <laughs> openly admits that he's living vicariously through his son. Oh, yeah. And that he is willing to spend as much as he needs, whatever amount of money, to make his son the best. Yeah. he's right. li- And he basically is living the, his dream through his son. Yeah. I mean, initially is what he's saying. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, what about it? Oh, and then when he was talking about, oh, he's already made like 25, 50 bills for us. I'm thinking that he's like um, helping with the family for like getting sponsorships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's already putting his kid out there and being like, win me money. Oh, I completely miss that. You miss that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that would make more sense. I'm like, wait, if you're not working, how the hell are you? Oh no, he said that. No, he said that. Like he, I think he was putting them in, like you know, those little side. You know, here's here's a random basketball game. Go in there and like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, they won. Okay, I get, I get, we get a little portion of it. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right, next we're moving on to the world of tennis, and we have our the one mom in this documentary with a set of twins. Yes, so we have Jamie the mom and her sons Blake and Tanner. Yes. This is what I'm. This is what I'm gonna. I said. <laughs> this is what I wrote down. I felt that Jamie was the placebo to this craziness of dads. She was the closest thing to a sane adult. I have another little uh, tidbit about like that. I I was mm-hmm. like, um, but she. I feel like she, I liked her. I thought she had her moments as well. Where she, I don't think she was as. Pushy as far as the sport, but I think she was pushy as like try to stay grounded, boys. Make sure you stay grounded. Make sure you stay focused. Make sure mm-hmm. you're like you know you know who you are and you love yourself. And yeah, my my thoughts on her kind of shifted throughout. Like I started off soups like skeptical and wary of her, and then 
she kind of won me over a little bit over time but like yeah let's let's dig into it because there's okay. a lot to dig into okay. with her Wait. she has she said that she's quote made a covenant with god that her boys will be number one in the world in tennis again that escalated quickly <laughs> but you know if you firmly believe that you've got that with you know i can't i can't knock her for it i think it's a little crazy yeah, and it this first one, and again, some of this might have been the editing, and they no, like I mean, spliced I mean, together to, the crazier stuff. But to like, really say like I've made a cut. No, she really just. I mean, that could not have been edited together. She really said she made. A no, she did. No, I mean, again. just like that they they edited out the more sane sounding stuff, and then only focus on like the really intense stuff. <laughs> but um, but then I have another direct quote from her of. I want to get them everything they need to achieve their dreams and any issue they have to work out with God, basically. Ah! I'm like, it's just basically like, don't challenge me. If you challenge me, you challenge God. Yeah, it was feeling a little it, like that. That's kind of how it felt at first. And I'm like, what is it, happening? She felt a little cultish in the yes. beginning. Like, if you believe in the Lord and you believe in, in yourself and you believe in us, then it all will be fine. And I'm like, and then I have another quote written from her that she says soon after she says, I don't really know much about this because I've never really done anything great. I don't want this to be about me. So it's up to them to be the leaders. And I'm not conveying the tone quite right. Cause it's one of those things where she's saying all the right words. But at that point I didn't believe a damn bit of it. Just like, again, it's sort of cult leaderly of like, I know these are the words I'm supposed to say. And I'm just like, I'm slightly terrified. <laughs> I think it's also she didn't really make eye contact with the camera when she was talking about it. She was yeah. just kind of like here, there, like I'm letting them take the lead and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah. are you? It does get better, though. Yeah, she does I, she, get better. Like I said, she does kind of win me over the more and more the film goes on. Yeah. All right. We All don't really spend a lot of time with them right now. We don't. Yeah, we kind of circle back around to them later. All right. And now... now, now <sighs> and you ran out of your whiskey cola. You needed to pace yourself I really should boy. have, because settling, folks, it's... Ugh, got a doozy for you. Now we're here. It's a garbage human garbage human yes um a young man named justice and he's a football player and i didn't get his dad's name i heard it a couple josh times. josh josh and his son justice all right and first I, of all Ju justice is just like he's definitely a teenager but he still has like a little bit of a baby face in there like he just has like a sweet i'm looking face and he just tore my little heartstrings anyway go ahead i always i actually i was gonna say like he looked like a boy i had a crush on in middle school and part of high school but anyway <laughs> part of me was just like as i was watching good cry, taste. <laughs> uh, i do of course it was it's kind of out of type mm -hmm. usually for me but yeah, I know something about the eyes. Girl, he cute. <laughs> he, was, he was cute. And yeah. a totally not inappropriate, not, yeah, anyway, I'm old. But like you said, he has like a, a baby face. Mm -hmm. and his, I think I my heart also went out to him for the way his dad was screaming at him. It is the worst. So we start off with Justice as um, early morning fog. I'm not sure where they are in Florida or something. I something like tell. that. It looked like the zombies were going to be coming out any second, <laughs> honestly. I'm it's like, like this cloudy day with the fog. Actually, I was waiting for like the the um, 
alien spiders to come out of the mist or something, you know, like from Stephen King. I mean, it was just weird. It's like, we got the, got the mood lighting and everything. And, and his dad is wanting him to do drills with him, football drills, football mm-hmm. plays. And just as, I mean, he's tired. He's a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. He's not putting all that effort in. Who is at that early in the morning? Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm not. And I'm taking care of three kids in the morning. Um, and so his dad decides, well, you're going to do sprints mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with all of the heavy football equipment on him mm-hmm. while yelling and screaming and telling him he's not worth it. Yeah. Um, obscenities galore. And I think I never caught what his, what his official position is, but I think he's an offensive defensive player. So when his quarterback is going and doing stuff, he runs and like blocks basically. I believe sports ball terms. (laughs) I'm trying to remember what that's called. I want to say it's a fullback, but that might be confusing that with soccer. Because a fullback. Mm -hmm. I played a fullback. Yeah. Come here for the commentary, not for the sports. We apologize. I wish, (laughs) like, I've had a Moscow mule. I'm exhausted. Um, Anyway. Yeah. I can't think of it right now. It might be even a running back. All I, yeah, but he is a, he has to switch from offense to defense. And yes. he's his parents are divorced. Let's put mm-hmm. that there. Yes. And he is currently living with his dad because his dad got him into this private school mm-hmm. so he could get better experience and like recognitions from scouts and whatnot is what I got from it. See, and I thought that he had gone had uh, gone tried to get him into the private school because they had a good football program. That was my well, assumption. Well, yeah, like a football program to get him better so he will get oh, to a, like a college. Sports scouts. I thought you said like Boy Scouts. I'm like, what does this have to do with Boy Scouts? When I say <laughs> scouted, I mean sports. We're both very tired. Sports, Sarah. We're on sports. So I have... So many lovely, not lovely, quotes from Josh oh, you throughout this. actually wrote down quotes. I Most of my notes are, stop putting him down. Stop insulting Cause, him. Because some of this, it's like you, if you're listening to us, you've got to be able to appreciate just what freaking assholes some of these guys are. Yeah. So, uh, Josh says, my whole goal is to be there to support him and not necessarily make it big in football, but give him good work habits. Giving him something that gives him confidence. Pamela, you've seen the film. Does he appear to have confidence anywhere in this movie? No, he has no confidence because his dad says, you're an idiot. You're terrible. You're never going to make anything of yourself. You need to listen to me. What the hell is wrong with you? If I heard him ask what the hell is wrong with you one more time, I I wish I could have jumped through the TV and be like, you, you, you fucking dumbass. You Mm -hmm. is what is wrong with him. Girl, later on, we will get to it. But, oh, at the end of it, I was so just like, thank you. Anyway, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And this is where I wrote down that it makes me think of the super intense stage moms that are coaching their little girls for beauty pageants. Like, it's just. Yeah, our dance moms. Like, the super intense dance moms. And. Like Pamela said, he's not having a conversation with his son. He's not giving him constructive feedback. He's just yelling at him, calling him a dumbass, and telling him to get his head out of his ass because Josh is not getting the answer he wants to hear. And he's not doing the level of effort he wants to see. And he's like, well, I don't know what else. And then and then 
poor Justice is being completely quiet in the, the car. And he's like, you're not talking. Why are you not talking? He's like, because every time I get in this car, you yell at me because I've done something wrong. Yeah. You know? he, and like, he's the kind of person where you can tell that when someone starts coming after him, or put, he just shuts down. Well, yeah. If somebody yells at me like that. It's very verbally abusive. It is I'm sorry so abusive. because his dad does not like you said. There's no constructive criticism. Nothing. It's like as soon as they get in the vehicle and the door shut, he's like, and the things that Sarah has repeated and I have repeated. Imagine that from a very loud, big, menacing, dude, yeah, menacing dude, and it's almost in a mocking tone. Yeah. You're not going to receive that. And it's like, what, what well. a disappointment you are! What a what yeah. a tiny, and tiny little person you are. And then even says like, I, I I drive back and forth to, to take you to this private school so you could do the. You're wasting my time. You're wasting my time. And I'm like, oh god. And everything throughout the entire movie, everything about Justice's posture and way of speaking is basically saying, it's very. I hate this. I don't want to be here. And he's also being, like, he's also doing, like, natural defense moves by, like, putting his arms up around his chest. and Avoiding he, eye like, contact. He's avoiding eye contact. He kind of, like, bends forward a little bit. Like, he's a he's a very tall, yeah. like, I think he's very tall, very lanky young man. Mm -hmm. He is perfectly made for football. Yeah. Um, but he will, like, almost kind of shrink down yes. when he's around his dad. Um, they don't get to the part where we're not at the part yet. We're in the restaurant, are we? No, that's okay. later. That right. part. Oh my god! So much going on. Yeah. And oh, and just one little you know button on the end of this section about Josh, Josh and Justice. This whole practice session they're having in, in the morning with the fog and the zombies and everything. That's just the warm-up practice before the actual team practice that he has oh, later yeah. that day. Yeah, he makes him get up every day to do the warm-up practice before the team practice because he, his dad, Josh, doesn't feel that he is prepared like the other kids are. Mm-hmm. Great. So we'll come back to that. And he's not, oh, but then he gets yelled at later because during team practice, he's not showing that same level of effort as the other kids. Maybe it's because he's been working out for three damn hours earlier than the other kids. You ever think about that? Mm-hmm. Ever yeah. think about that? There's so many different things going on here. Okay. All right. And now we are, are back to golf with Andre and Amari. Yes. So, so sweet, sweet Amari is having a golf lesson with a private coach who is this 90-year-old man who is just... <laughs> He's actually very polite. He's so polite. He's so sweet. You know, she misses the ball and he's like, now where, now where are you, you know, where are you missing? Where are you putting the power? And she's like, in my hands, where are you supposed to put the power? In my arms, yeah, in my chest. He is calm. And, yes, he's very calm. And she's trying to answer. And then meanwhile, like she's trying to answer, but she's also trying to do it correctly. Uh -huh. And she's answering her trainer. And her dad's all like, Amari, look at him when he's talking to you. No one can hear a damn nobody, word you're nobody saying. Nobody can hear a damn word you're saying. And you can hear the, the trainer being like, it's fine. I heard her. You know? Exactly. And the, the, <laughs> the, the coach is basically telling him without telling him to back off by saying, he just repeats word for word what Amari just exactly had. Yeah. And it's like, okay, sorry, Andre. Apparently you can only communicate with people in loud, angry tones. Yeah. Our apologies. Yeah. But I love that. I actually oh, like the coach because he's I like, and then when she finally hits the ball, he's like, good girl, good girl. Now, what did we learn from, like, he goes over to her and he's like, what did we yes. learn from this? Like, that is how it should be. Yeah. You're teaching them to think about things. You're teaching them to 
not be critical, but to be aware of what their body is doing and what their technique is doing and to be able to like kind of coach themselves a little bit. Side tangent, this may have given me a little PTSD as I was, I played softball when I was younger and my dad was one of my coaches. Oh, he dear. actually coached two of my, my sisters and then he said he'll keep coaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is very passionate for baseball and softball. Mm-hmm. He did not get to the line of Josh or Steve. But he was very much close to an Andre with me mm-hmm. and to the point where I stopped playing softball mm. because I said, if you're, if you keep coaching me, I'm not going to play anymore. Yeah. And we're, and my mom even said, y'all are not going to have a good relationship anymore. No. Um, Cause he's highly competitive. He looks back on it now and he's like, I was a jackass mm-hmm. and you know, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. And he's like, I think I was harsher on you because you were my daughter. And I told him that that was like increasingly messed up. Yeah. Um, and I've told, cause um, not Sabrina, but Aurora is very interested in doing a sport come spring. So either basketball or they even have flag football, which I mean, I have to explain to her that she won't be able to tackle anybody. Um, T-ball, like any of those sports, she wants to do something. And Mark's like, I could, nope, you're not coaching, honey. You're mm-hmm. competitive, not having you scream at her. Like, I just, I just remember my childhood. Like, I think I would have enjoyed softball better if mm-hmm. you just let me suck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, just let me, like, make my mistakes. I loved my other coach. My other coach, like, the times where my, he, that, that coach would back off. I was just not great at hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, now I know it's because I have poor depth perception due to my vision, mm-hmm. my lazy eye, and other issues. If I had glasses, I probably would have hit better. Um, but anyway, I was a great outfielder. I could throw a ball very far, very hard without, you know, for as tiny as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I loved being in the outfield. I loved getting those pop flies and I love just hammering it right back to the shortstop mm-hmm. um but the batting was my was my week was my weakness um so this gave me a little PTSD when him and Amari had it out a few times I was like girl mm-hmm. I've been there too close to home too close to home so go ahead sorry so yes the coach was calm and being very considerate and like really like truly constructive coaching. like he was like okay you you went you bending your arm a little too much here, but you know, like he's not like you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's all not it's not all negative and beratement and ugh. insulting. The thing I don't like is insulting a child. Yeah, reads a lot of books, not just about golf, but on how to take your child and build them. He actually says that build them into golf experts. Yes. I.e. Tiger Woods. There's so many books about Tiger Woods and, and or Tiger, his dad. And his dad. Tiger Woods has admitted that his dad was very abusive to him. Oh, yeah. Verbally, that, that, physically. That does not shock me at all. No, it doesn't shock me at all either. And yet, he's all like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. And this he, is my idol. Yes. And then um, he held up that one that was something like, um, growing a successful golfer or something like that with that older man. I want to say it was, it wasn't Arnold Palmer. It was another guy. But another well, like man. of that generation. That yeah. I think. And I was like, say what now? 
It's, it's, oh. And he did call it literature. I'm like, that's not literature. That's nonfiction. <laughs> oh, oh, honey. Oh, sweetie. Ugh. Yeah, he, he had a bad, he's like, I'm prepared for when, but he was, as he was showing these books, he was saying that these are getting him prepared on what she needs now and in the future. And we're going to build a successful brand for her. Blah. He's already branding her. <laughs> And again, bits and pieces of this would make sense if it seemed like she got joy out of it and if you weren't an asshole the whole time. Yeah. A part of me went, I will say this, Sabrina was expressing how frustrated she was not being able to move forward and dance. Like she's always placed in the back Mm -hmm. of a dance group. And so, and then she's like, they keep telling us we need to practice. And they have sent the dance videos to the parents so we can, like, project it on the TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to watch it. And not as a way to punish her or make her do it. But whenever she is practicing, there have been times where I've been able to just jump up with her and be like, no, you need to turn your leg out a little more like this way. Watch mommy and I'll do it for her. And she's like, oh. And then she gets it. Mm -hmm. But I And I, on the way home, she was tonight. She was like, what are you and Miss Sarah going to talk about tonight on your podcast? And so I told her and I said, do you think I push you too hard? She's like, no. I said, do you think I need to push you any harder? Do you think I'm not supportive enough? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I think you're just right. And Aww, I was like, good, good. She's like, you help me when I need it. You, you leave me alone when I want it. You don't call her a bitch under your breath. All right. So now we're back to basketball with Steve and Derek. Oh, God. All right. All right, so now we're getting Steve's philosophy on what is and is not youth sports. So according to Steve, once you hit age 14, it's not really youth sports anymore. In his mind, once you hit that age, it becomes more structured and more competitive. And he also points out that, like, really through ages about 7 through 13, it's all really within the parents' control. Yeah, and the kids will do whatever you tell them. But then once you hit 14, they get a little more argumentative with you. And and you got, like, the other coaches. Like, you can tell it drives him crazy that he is not, like, the single ringleader of this entire thing anymore. And him arguing with the referees. Oh, it's always the referees. He was like, my son oh. would get farther if they weren't so incapable. I'm like, oh, it's always the referees. Oh, and I... Another fabulous quote, 90% of the referees are incompetent. Yes, 90% are incompetent. I remember that. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, most of these guys are either volunteers or they're getting paid, like, very, very little for these kinds of leagues. So, you know, they're they're not the best of the best. But, dude, just, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. Back the hell off. And he is, and it cuts to him actually having a sideline argument yeah with the referee to the point where Derek comes over to his dad and says shut up and leave or just shut up that was my absolute favorite moment I was up like, until this point yes, yes, Derek. yes Derek. oh he can speak up yeah he just he just rolls around and goes shut up or leave and then he walks yeah. away and I'm like Hell yes. And then he's like, well, I'm not going to leave. And I don't need to shut up. They don't know what they're doing. And he just like throws his arm back. Like, just like, yeah. You. And one of the other spectators in the crowd is, you know, one of the sane ones is he even leans over to him and is like, you know, dude, I've, I've known this ref for a while. You really don't want to get on his bad side. 
okay, great. And then immediately proceeds to be like, dude, you didn't see him throw an elbow? Who threw an elbow? It's like, sir, I didn't see it. And he's like, yeah, you didn't see it because you were a little... And it's just like, dude, you shut were looking because you don't know what to look at. And he's like, sir, I'm going to throw you out of this game. Please play. Oh, yeah, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? It's like, shut up. It's like it, the, the level of importance that these parents put on every single game yes and every single moment and shot is just it it's exhausting the reason i do not want my husband coaching any of our girls in any sports is because he's like this just watching a game even in person yeah like he'll argue with the refs and as he doesn't know any of the players on the damn field he's just committed i'm like i can't imagine you trying to coach no yeah no I shall ban you. I'm glad he doesn't know anything about dance because he just watches and turn, turn, parrot, <laughs> point your toe. You are stepping before the eight. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what foot did I tell you to step off on? Five, six. Seven. It's not five, six, seven. It's five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> seven, eight, and one, and one, and go. And turn and turn. I feel like Debbie Allen right now. <laughs> I'll say so. At some point, we're gonna get a dance documentary, and then we will be in our element. Oh my God, we need to find one. Oh, I'm sure there's one out there, girl, girl. Yes. Did you see how big my eyes got? <laughs> I know there has to be a theater kids one too. Absolutely, we have to watch that one. There is a multi-part uh, documentary coming to Disney Plus soon about students at the American Ballet <gasps> Academy. And I don't know if it brings the parental stuff in at all, but I'm either way, I can't wait to watch it. Oh, when is that being released? Do you know? Because like I know December, Sabrina I think. Will, oh, Sabrina will love to watch that. Sabrina and Aurora. Mm -hmm. If as long as it's like PG rated. I think so. Because I think it's I think it's meant to be like family Good. friendly kind of stuff. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, super excited. So and, back to Steve. Yeah. And then after the game. Derek and Steve are sitting on the sidelines and Steve is going over how he thinks Derek did in the game. And basically the general tone of the whole thing is, yeah, that was okay. But you know what? It just wasn't good enough. Not, I know you can do better. I know you'll do better next time. Did, no, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah. It wasn't good enough. Oh, and then he also, he, he rounds that little button out with, and you know, it's not good enough. Yeah. And side note, that kid literally just scored 18 points, and that's an off day for him, apparently. And he looked exhausted. Yeah, and the whole time, and if other, each kid has sort of their own face that they have on the entire time, his is the look of, why do I bother? Yes. Because he- Yes, that's what I was thinking, too. He tries so hard, but everything he does is just like- and I know you matter. don't know much about any sports, and I don't know much about basketball, but I will say I know this. High school basketball, 18 points in a single game is a lot. Yeah. It is not like the NBA. Mm -hmm. That is a lot for one player, let alone, like, I mean, usually scores are somewhere between 30 to 40, I'm guessing. But anyway. Yeah. And he just looks so deflated and demoralized because no matter what he does, I it's never good enough. Like, being here, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. It's like, well, what? like yeah, that's I was thinking that, too. Like, the yeah. why am I bothering playing? And all these kids, you can tell so desperately that all they want is to someone to look at them and say, good job. You can do this. I'm cheering for well, you. Like Amari with the golf coach, when her dad stepped away for a minute and the golf coach went up and was talking to her, she was smiling. Yeah. 
Like she was getting that positive criticism. Yeah. There is such a thing as constructive positive criticism. Yes. Yeah. That's healthy. This shit is it. <laughs> can I can I make that clear enough for everybody? If you get nothing else from this episode, this is healthy. This is not. not. <laughs> Damn, there's no Karens in this. But you know what? I heard on the radio the other day that the the male equivalent to a Karen is a Terry. So maybe Ooh. we should just call these dads all Terry. I haven't heard Terry, but I've heard Kyle. Or Kyle. I'm good with Kyle's. Yeah, I think Terry's even better. Yeah, apparently it's like the same equivalent as far as the year Karens were popular. Yeah, and and everyone does know a Terry. Mm. And and both sexes have a have an I want to speak to your manager haircut. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about too. See, I just got my haircut like last week, and I I, I was having a like I had I, it's a little like a shaggier bob. Uh huh. And um, she was like, do you want me to stack it up just a little bit higher? Like, kind of crop it and angle it? And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I don't really want to look like a Karen. I'm yeah. kind of scared yeah. to be a all Karen. The, uh, no offense to anyone, to a non-Karen who does have this haircut. But yeah, the I want to speak to your manager haircut is usually kind of like swoopy bangs in yes. front. Very short and stacked and usually like gelled and spiked up in the back. All I can think is it's very... Harken back to Flock of Seagull days. Slash Kate Gosselin. Yeah. So now we're back to tennis with Jamie Blake and Tanner. And again, Jamie's really getting excited and thinking about some existentialism. <laughs> and I thought you call it existentialism. Dude. But see, when I was watching it, I guess I was just so pissed at the dads. When she would talk, I was like, oh, she's so lovely. She and she just, honestly is. She just cares about her boys and their humanity and their spirituality. But yeah, she is very existential. Yes. <laughs> I think as we go on, I learned that she's kind of intense but you're right she is very loving and that is a damn breath of fresh air in this documentary yeah i mean like you can tell like these boys wouldn't say oh we don't like to play singles that much because we don't want to have to fight off against each other because we would just Mm -hmm. forfeit like i mean that comes from a parent's thought as well i would think that that's Mm -hmm. i mean i know that they're twins so they have that special bond but i would also think that it's some lovingness from the parents but anyway go Go with your thoughts yeah, first. Yeah, and uh, I do. I found it ironic that she's talking about how all anybody wants is to be seen and feel like they matter. And the problem is that a lot of these parents, and even her sometimes, I think, they don't understand that that starts with a parent just seeing their child for who they are and telling them that they matter. Like, they see being seen, quote unquote, as achieving something great. Yeah, yeah, she did miss the mark on that one. But yeah. I don't think it was intentional. And again, I think as I got more context about her going on, I was like, okay, I think I think you're starting to win me over there, Jamie. So she talks a lot about God's will and how it's God's will that her children will be great tennis players. Well, this gets a little intense for me because it's, it's at times it feels a little emotionally manipulative of like, you know, of course you're going to be a tennis player. It's it's 
God's will for you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why isn't she blinking? <laughs> and talks a lot about... I'm sorry, I, did. I just realized that she didn't blink one. <laughs> and she talks a lot about needing to surrender to his will. And like, did, yeah, yes, fine, but like, what, is that, what does that mean in this contest text exactly? Yeah, I mean, so this is going to sound really weird with my own personal beliefs. I liked what she was saying in the context of tennis. I don't think it was relatable. Yes. And at that point, I wrote, I genuinely can't tell if she is dead serious about all of this. Or if this is just the message she puts out there to justify how intense she is. But I think it's I think it's genuine. I've come around to the genuine. idea that it's genuine. And I will say that I do know some parents who feel that even sport, like they feel that everything they do and their children do, if it excels or fails is based on God's will. Mm-hmm. I see I have a little thoughts on that as well. Um, but not so intensely as Jamie's is. Uh-huh. Um, but I think hers is very genuine. And mm-hmm. later on, as she gets further deep into it, um, I mean, she also says some other great points where she wants, yes, she would, she would love for them to win. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is having fun, focusing on playing, getting better at the sport. Yes. So she does say that later on. I think that's probably the part where she wins you over. Is mm-hmm. She gets to the, I guess, the meat of her philosophy on yes. it. And also her boys, they're very quiet, like whenever the cameras are around, but they don't look like they're miserable. Yeah, they like don't have kids. the, they don't have the, they don't have Derek's, why do I bother? They don't have justices, like, I just want to crawl in a hole. Yeah. And they don't have a Amari's. I just want to beat my dad with a golf club face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's don't blame she... her one damn bit. Because <laughs> she makes the same face I made when mm-hmm. I was her age playing softball. Like, I'll take this aluminum bat, dad. <laughs> and she, and it is really cute. Because I don't know if her kids fully buy into everything she sa- says. But they seem to be very patient with her. and Because they pull up to the court and she's like, all right, now. You know, let's think about all the stuff you've been drilling and practicing. I'm like, okay, great. I can get on board with that. Good coaching. And then she's like, all right, now start thinking about feeling the energetic field. Yeah, that got me a little and I'm weird. Like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feeling the motions from everyone else. And I was like, is that a thing in tennis? <laughs> and she says, she has a prayer with, with her two sons. And then she's like, have fun. And like, the have fun is where the conversation should have ended, but then she's like, but also dominate and of course try to win. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If she drinks, I would like to get a drink with Jamie. I do like how she said like the energy on the court. I was like, is this a thing with Dennis? The energetic feel. No, but she actually does the, the way you're doing yeah, your the, hands. She, she actually like did that. And, I feel like she has a lot of essential oils at her house. You do know I have a lot of essential oils, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't probably use them. But you're them. not a crazy person. <laughs> but I don't use them in the way that other people do. They're nice to smell. I just don't think they're a cure-all for everything. No, they're not a cure-all for everything. As no. I said, I have lots of pharmaceuticals as well. No offense to anyone who does enjoy uh, 
what am I even talking about? Essential oils. Essential oils. Yeah, those things. I like aromatherapy and I like to clean with them. And mm-hmm. then some of the herbs or the fruity ones I like to cook with. Yes. Yes. All right. Now back to football with Josh and oh God, Justice. Do we have to? Well, we can blow through this. Well, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. So jo- Justice is playing a game with his high school football team. And we. this is when we find out that he's attending a private high school um, presumably because they have a great football program. And it'll improve his skills, get mm-hmm. him a scholarship. Yes. Going on, on, and on, on and on and on. All the dominoes will fall. Yeah. So we see Josh watching from the sidelines, of course, and, and just, yeah. How is he watching the games, Pamela? Um, he's yelling. He's telling him he's an idiot. He's lazy. Um, I do remember hearing him say that, that he was being lazy. And I'm like, yeah, who's being lazy on that field? It's... It's not as out there and explosive as, like, Steve no, is. No, he's not explosive on the field. He's explosive when they get in the yeah, car. Yeah, it's like, you can see him just, like, mentally noting everything. Oh, I'm going to yell about that later. That's why I said he's he comes off very abusive. Yes. And I didn't say that about Steve. It seems like Steve... What he is doing is wrong, too, uh-huh. but he seems more of the competitive, and he, I don't think he fully realizes what he's saying is really awful. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Josh, like you said, it's like a checklist ticking off in his brain, mm-hmm. and then when they get in the car, he's like, boom, I'm going to lay it on you. But yeah. yeah, he is, but he's talking to another, I don't know if it's another football dad or what, but he's talking to them, and he is mm-hmm. trashing his son to this other adult. Yeah. And the part that got me was lazy. And I'm like, there's no way you can be lazy on a football field. You'll die. Yeah. And I will admit, (laughs) I will admit, I saw a couple of plays where, you know, he wasn't running full speed and stuff like that. And I'm like. He could be tired. He could be tired. Absolutely. You get get his ass up at 4 a.m. to practice before the practice. And to me, that kind of went back to my idea of. Does justice even want to do this? It doesn't. It doesn't look like he wants to do it on a compet, like as competitive nature. Like, yeah. It to me, it comes across as this is a hobby. Yeah. Or it's not a passion. Or he might enjoy it if he wasn't getting beaten down for it all the time. Yeah. Which, ugh. And maybe, and you know, here's a wild idea: if you're com- constantly beaten down. Over and over again, you lose the appreciation for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So then you're not going. It's kind of like even at a job. Like if you don't have a good supervisor, if you don't get any, any positive reinforcement, reinforcement, any positive constructive criticism, you just don't give a shit anymore. And you just stop trying. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this car ride home. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and th- this one also leads to a dinner at a restaurant where he said, Ju- uh, Josh says something very disturbing to Justice. Yes. So when we're in the car, he asked Justice if he knows why the coach pulled him out of the game because apparently he got pulled out a couple of times. Now, again, there are little moments here and there where I actually happen to agree with like the general idea that he's asking about, but that doesn't make up for the other 98% of mm-hmm. what he's doing. So he asks him, you know, or he tells him, you need to ask your coach why he pulls you out of the game so that you know what to work on. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
But the problem is, again, you're berating him and creating an environment where Justice feels like he can't speak his mind. Yeah. Why don't you Ugh. ask him? Why don't you ask the coach why he pulled you out of the game? Why wouldn't you do that? And he doesn't give Justice a chance to speak. Like, right before Justice is about to answer him, he starts yelling again, you're not answering me. It's like, you're not giving him a chance to. And I had such emotional recall watching the episodes with Justice and his dad of, like, you know those moments, especially when you're a kid, when you're still figuring out how to express yourself and you're so insecure about so many things. Not get, I remember that feeling of just, like, I'm so frustrated and angry and hurt and like the tears are welling up and I know kind of what I want to say, but I don't know how to express myself. Like I don't know how to get the words out. Yeah. And I can just see that all over his face and I'm just like dying inside for him. I cried with him. I even wrote on here. Looks, it looks like he's going to cry. Oh gosh, he is crying. And then I was like, stop it. Stop making your son cry. Like, just stop. Yeah. And I feel so bad because, like, he's crying quietly and just sort of sinking down into the back seat. And he just must be having this feeling of, I don't even know how to express what I'm feeling. And even if I did, you either wouldn't hear me or you would turn it back around on me and make me feel worse. Mm -hmm. So it's lose-lose. He really isn't a lose-lose. And then they stop for dinner. Girl, tell me about dinner. I didn't even write this down, but it is burned in my memory. So Josh is, um, go, you know, he starts off again with, you really need to discuss with your coach why he pulls you out of the game. This will give you some, you know, tips on how to do better. And mm-hmm. like I get, like you said, agree. Mm-hmm. That 2% of the conversation agreed. Um, and the, But then, you know, Justice just kind of shrugs his shoulders and he's like, why aren't you taking this seriously? Like it, he goes from zero to 180 in like two seconds. And he's just like, why are you, you know, what are you going to do? And then he's like, you know what I, you know what I fear the most? He was like, cause I'm going to say I don't like football anymore. And he was like, exactly, exactly. That's why I'm so hard on you. And he said a couple other things. The thing that really stuck with me, he was like, you're going to quit football now. Is that what you're going to do? What about life? You're going to quit at life. How about I just give you a gun and you just put it to your head? I'm like, oh. Why don't you just shoot yourself? It's. I was like, excuse me. The the escalation and the train of thought is just, it doesn't make sense and it's unnecessary and ugh. That's why I said that level is abusive. That is what an abuser does is he, they turn it around, they gaslight it Mm -hmm. and put it back on the person they're abusing. Yeah. And that's what he did. He was like, oh, so you're going to quit football. So you're going to quit at life. Why don't I just give yeah. you a gun? Like, why don't we just end it now? Why don't we just, you know, like just putting them down even for, yeah. like they're making them worthless. Yeah. And you're putting those two things together in their mind of like you, of me, of, if I ever wanted to quit football to you, that would be the same as me, like just killing myself. Yeah. You see that as equally horrible. Or, right. But he said it so nonchalantly, like, well, if you just kill yourself, oh, well, kind of thing. And I will say, you can tell, I'm sure that Josh is someone who has a lot of demons of his own. He's probably had a lot of people who treated him this way throughout his life. And he might not have had good role models. But that doesn't make what he's doing to his son any less wrong. I will say this. My husband didn't have great role models. But mm-hmm. he doesn't say that kind of shit to my kids. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's sometime at some point the cycle has to break. It does. I mean, I feel Ugh. for him, but the but the way he said that 
it's unacceptable. There's there's no excuse. That just touches my like I will I'm gonna be just very honest on this podcast. I was Justice's age when I first thought about suicide. Mm-hmm. And if I if one of my parents had said that to me, I probably would have went through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably would have tried because I would have thought, um, they really don't care about me. Yeah. And so it just and then he's tearing up at this table and I just thought, like, I hope to God he's not there where I was at that age because I hope he doesn't do anything to hurt himself, which later we find out he does it, but it just, I couldn't help but go there because what you don't ever say that to your child. You don't ever, you don't say it to anybody, but especially not a child. Yeah. And these are children. I'm sorry. I know they're teenagers. These, these two of these boys are teenagers, but they're still children. Yeah, they're very young, very impressionable, and no matter what kids say, they care what their parents think. Oh, yeah, very much so. It's their formative relationships. You are the first person that makes up their inner circle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whew, so now we get a break from... Craziness? From... Well, one set of crazy shit, crazy Josh. Yeah. So now we're back to a different kind of hell with Andre and Amari. <laughs> a different kind of hell. Yay. It's just one <laughs> hell for another. I'm sorry. That was really funny. It's true, though. Uh, oh, this is when she's in the tournament. Yes. So, oh, this is fun. He gets, that's when he gets his derogatory comments even mm-hmm. more. Yep. Okay. So, so. Amari is playing in the junior national championships, I think, or some some big championship. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think it's a world because they have countries there. Yes, that's right. Because they like, I realized later, like, oh, they aren't just these kids aren't just like Asian ethnicity. They are from like Japan. Japan Wow, they had Germany, and I heard them say something like Australia. Yeah, yeah, and so and but the main goal of this is when certain went like, I guess I don't know if it was the top five got. A, a college scholarship so and so amari makes a great chip shot onto the green p.s i was super proud of myself for knowing what a chip shot is i still have no i idea. learned it from computer golf <laughs> i suck at computer golf but you i go do ahead. Too. uh so she makes a really good chip shot onto the green that puts her into a good position like she has just a short putt left to make and she's good but of course andre is muttering under his breath because she didn't sink it on the chip shot alone Again, nothing's ever good enough. Because it's that easy to make a hole in one, y'all. Soup's easy. And again, I did kind of like you didn't write down the restaurant section. I didn't write down this next section just because it made me so angry. The whole section with uh, them basically having the power struggle over the golf bag. Yes. And she's Ugh. and he's like, when I tell you to let go, let go. And she's just like, I'll, well, she... So I get it. She's mad. She just wants to push her golf bag. And he's like, I'll push it for you. And she's like, no, I got it. And he Mm -hmm. literally grabs it out of her hands, shoves her. Mm -hmm. And she's, and he says, when I tell you, Mm -hmm. you don't tell me when I tell you. Yeah. And he says, Amari, if you embarrass me like that again, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. Yeah. I remember. Which I know is a phrase that some parents use, but it's like, okay, this is so unnecessary. I have never told my kids I was going to smack them in the mouth. And since when, and A, why are you embarrassed about that? And B, again, why are you making, it's all about you. Everything about his reactions is like 
him pouting like a little two-year-old and it's he takes up all the emotional space yeah now i will say i have had sabrina pull one of these on me where she like kind of takes off and is Mm -hmm. like no i got it blah blah and gives me an attitude i can't take a break i take a beat Mm -hmm. and i try to calm down sometimes i'm still pretty angry and i pull her aside and i'm like look you do not disrespect me in front of other people like that you know, like, I'm sorry we had an argument. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're still mad at me. But we need to put that aside and finish what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, we'll go back to the car. Yeah. And she's still a kid. And even though she's playing in this tournament, you can still do that crap. You can be like, this tournament is over if you don't set yourself straight. Mm-hmm. Instead of telling her you're going to pop her in the mouth. Yeah. Anyway. It, I'm just, I'm just uh, saying, I'm not a perfect parent by any means. Trust me. There are times where I want to just, I jokingly say, I'm just going to put Aurora on the road and free child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I'm not perfect. But you but don't withhold affection from your kids. No, ever. I had, I had, I actually, before I came over here, Aurora like jumped in my arms and I was carrying around the house and loving on her. So I love that kid. She's a pain in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> She's my favorite pain in the ass. I know. I love her. And he's going on and on in the voiceover about, you know. Oh, my God. You know, when when a parent is hard on a kid, they're only teaching them to be tough. Like, oh, do you want to see what uh, I wrote? Do you want to see what I wrote in caps? No, sir. You're not. You're not. You're not making them tough. You want to know what you're doing? You're teaching her that I have, I am not good enough. I have to keep trying over and over and over again until I'm good enough. And then he, he says, And then maybe you'll love me. And maybe you'll love me. But my love is, your love is conditional. That's yes. what it's saying. 100%. Um, and I say that from, you know, my, my parents were terrible at comparing me to my sisters academic wise. Mm-hmm. And so here I thought a B in a, in a math class that I struggled in was superior and i go home and Mm -hmm. it was not enough yeah so i know how that feels yeah not as much as this poor girl but yeah yeah it's and i feel like it's it's easy like you said to to have those feelings even when you're not in a super toxic environment so then imagine that feeling multiplied by a thousand yeah with one of these and when parents. you're at that age, like I feel like that age between like seven and ten, like that pre preteen, mm-hmm. is like you want to do nothing but please your parents. Yes. Uh, back to hell number three. Back to basketball with Steve and Derek. Tom, <laughs> <laughs> what's he saying now? <laughs> Oh, so now not only is Steve yelling from the sidelines, but he's manspreading and taking up like three oh, freaking people's seats worth. That grossed me out when he was all like with his belly and his legs all spread eagle. And I just... had to I had to explain what mans manspreading was to my husband recently. Really? Yeah, because it's again, it's like it's oh, just men such don't know that. it's yeah. such an innate concept to them. It's they don't think about taking up space where women were we are like conditioned to be like oh let me make myself tiny so make i can fit other people i don't want to be in your way yeah exactly and then well i had to explain what mansplaining was to mark recently mm-hmm. because he was trying to ex- over explain something to me that i 
got it. Yeah. And I was like, stop mansplaining. I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not. What? What am I? What? So I don't <laughs> yeah. know who the poor random stranger was that was sitting next to Steve. But I'm sure sitting down next to him was, he considers it the biggest mistake of his life. He probably got nothing out of that game but sheer annoyance. So speaking of mansplaining, Steve was basically just mansplaining his son's game issues to him the entire time. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, Oh, and him missing ugh. the free throws. It's a free throw. What's wrong with you? Yeah, so he gets fouled and goes to the line. It's like right at the end of the game. If he had made those shots, they would have won the game. But he missed it, and then they weren't able to get the ball back in time to, you know, get the score back up again. So, again, these guys don't seem to understand that it is impossible for any human, let alone kids, to be perfect all the time. Like someone, I think they talk about it in the little uh, discussion after the fact of like, even Michael Jordan misses free throws. Free throws are actually really hard. That's why they're considered free when you foul because yeah. you have to be so far back. Mm-hmm. You and cannot cross the line. You can't step forward. You you can only dribble. I think that you can only dribble a certain number of times it's before the, you shoot. It's like the most psychologically intense part of the game. And of course, at those moments, because especially when it's like the game is like tied up and it yeah. comes down to that, like everybody gets quiet like it's very intense mm-hmm. oh so that section's pretty short and then but we- wait we we forgot like he tells him over and over again he tells his son derek you you missed a, f- a free throw what's wrong with you yeah it's a free throw and of course he's like got it dad can we go i heard you the first five thousand times yeah like he just keeps going on and on and then poor derek starts crying Cause yeah, and I think he even says like it's never it's never enough. Yeah, yeah, I hate everything. And again, he probably scored like twenty five points in that game. I just, so back to tennis with Jamie Blake and Tanner. So I can't even at this point follow Jamie's philosophizing anymore. Philosophizing is that how you put it? It's yeah, it's a hard word. I just, I, I just see her as, yeah. <laughs> it's like a very Christian version of like hippy dippy free spirit individual. And again, like I'm, I'm being very hard Honestly, on her, but she seems I like think, a very lovely person. I, think, I would, I would enjoy having coffee with her. Yes. I think I would have weak coffee, have a good like Bible study. Mm-hmm. I think I would have like the longest, most thought provoking question uh, an answer session with her to the mm-hmm. point where I would like go need like a three hour nap afterwards because my introvertedness would just be spent. Yes. I, <laughs> I want to go feel the energetic field with her. Feel. Like when she, I'm sorry, but when she said that, I was like, I don't know anything about tennis. Is that a thing? <laughs> so if, if you would like to feel the energetic field in home, put your hand just kind of out in front of you, sort of like just slightly above a 90 degree angle. Like you're resting them nicely on a pillow in front of you, and just and then you circle little like tiny Mr. circles, like you're just feeling the field. You're, you're wax on and wax off, but simultaneously, down, yes, you're waxing the tabletop. <laughs> Gotta say, that's actually kind of a nice like centering practice. I might have to start doing that. I might have to do that. And you just kind of rock back and forth with it. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, this is when we learn about how. Uh, that generally the only times they would end up playing each other in singles tournaments is if uh, 
they were they met in the championship round yeah. and that's when they were talking about how you know if that ever happened we would just forfeit because we we don't want to play off of each we other. don't want to play off each other but in my mind i was also thinking well isn't that also the time when you could just encourage your kids to like just play each other for fun like even though it's a championship game like don't take it too seriously and just you know play for the sake of playing but i think because they're brothers and they're twins i think yeah. it meant something different to them if one won and the other one didn't but i do like that she says that she really seems to be much more about trying your hardest and not about rankings yeah she said that like she even mentioned like all the other parents are talking about rankings here and placements there yeah. and i'm just like are they putting in the effort that they mm -hmm. need to be putting in. Are they having fun? Like, she really says that. Like, are they putting in the effort? Are they putting their best um, out there? But she's not really putting that, like, pressure that Josh and Andre and Steve are on their kids. And mm -hmm. she's just like, I want them to love what they're doing, but I don't want them. I mean, she's in equivalency. I just see it as, like, she doesn't want them out there just, like, holding the racket, like, don't. So, everyone, we got to stop and take notice of something. Okay. 26 minutes into the interview, we hear one of the parents tell their kids, good job. The boys finish up a match. She tells them, good match, and gives them a hug. Yes. Holla freaking Louisiana. Yeah, they come off, and she's like, good job. That was really great. It's a good parenting moment. I was so excited. I was like, set, set up like a meerkat when yes. I heard that. I was like, burp, burp. Say yes. What? <laughs> when she was like, you did a great job. That was wonderful. I was like, yes. And you see the little boy smiling. We don't see tears. We see mm -hmm. smiles. So that section's pretty short. Yeah. Now back to golf with Andre and Amari. Tom? Yay. I, I feel like I'm throwing back and forth to different segments. Well, we're still at the tournament. Yes. And Amari's game has actually gone, I guess, kind of slid downhill a little bit. Yes. I wonder why. She's had more strokes than they anticipated per hole. The other kids are really you know, exceeding from her from the different countries. Mm -hmm. um, I put a note here that this dude is going to have a stroke with the way he's having, like, all the stress. Yes, he is. Like, he's on the ground. He's, like, grabbing his hat. He's screaming. He's grunting. He's moaning. He threatens to whoop a child's little ass. Yeah, and she tees off, and it's, like, one of her last holes, and you can immediately tell that Andre's pissed about it. Yeah. And he's... This is where I got scared because he got, he gets really quiet for a second, but really intense. So it's like mm -hmm. that almost like calm before the storm you sort of anger. You can hear breathe, like huffing. Yeah. And he's basically threatening her like, you better make sure you have enough of that club in your hand to get that hole. Like, yeah. I was As scared. she's walking down to the hole, he's like, you better have enough. You better get this. You better do this. You know you should. And he keeps berating her, and she starts crying in the middle of the green. She hasn't even finished playing yet. Yeah, and she I'm hasn't even made the putt yet. Uh, how does he think this is good for her, period, let alone when she still has to do a very precise shot where you need 
focus concentration and to be calm. Like she starts crying. She throws her glove down. She takes her hat off. She's like, stop. Yeah. Yeah. And she misses it. I wonder why. And the craziest thing is, you know, we kind of cut to the um, like award, award ceremony, ceremony yeah. and, it, and it looks like, you know, she didn't place in the top five, I'm assuming, because yeah. she didn't do quite as well toward the end. And we hear Andre's voiceover during this saying, I don't want Amari to be that story of the kid whose dad pushed her too hard. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I know. It, are you hearing yourself? Yeah. And the real kicker. Uh, one of his last lines is I can't let her know how proud I am until I get where, until we get where I want to go. Yeah. Until her level of success is where I want it to be. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier Mm -hmm. when she, when we were talking and I'm like, she's going to just keep going and going. And then when he finally says, I'm so proud of you, she's not going to believe it. She's going to be like, oh, God, I st- I'm not good enough. I'm still not good enough. He says he's proud of me, yeah. but he's never said that before. He's going to, she's going to internalize that criticality, but not in a healthy way, not in a no. constructive way. And it's way. not going to be just in golf. It's going to be with female. It's going to be with friend relationships. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in romantic relationships. Yep. It's going to be in career. It's going to be in academics. It's never good enough because he told me i'm never good enough yeah and it and you're exactly right like and what kind of relationship is that modeling for your child they're not going to know how to extend that same love towards someone else potentially yeah. and then he talks about like her little sister possibly i'm like if that was that little sister i'd be like i ain't doing a damn thing with you <laughs> i i kept going back and forth of like is the younger child like jealous of all the attention that Amari gets, or is she just like she dodged God, a bullet Tommy. there? I ain't joining Gosh. nothing. <laughs> like I just go out to the putting green the first time. Drink, whoops, can't do it. Bye. <laughs> I'd be like, I where what? Where's the hole? I don't know. What am I doing? All right, girl, we've put off long enough. We're at. We're with Josh and Justice. They've gotten on a plane to Seattle. I think they're going there for a training camp or something. Yeah. And we're in the car. They're being driven from the airport to wherever they're staying, I believe. Yeah, Justice's mom is driving. Oh, that's... We also have to cue that. That's it. Okay, that's his mom. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking that's his mom because the way, you know, she turned Mm -hmm. around and spoke to him. Gotcha. Sorry. They weren't very clear with all the, the labelings and namings here and there. So, once again, Josh is, Josh is justifying his methods by saying he's just trying to teach him life lessons. And so, okay, now we're to the texting. Yeah, so Justice is texting someone. Josh is asking him who it is, and he kind of smirks, and he's like, oh, it's that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to distract you, all those stupid things, especially, like, the one, the things you see in, like, stupid teen romance movies Mm -hmm. she's gonna be a distraction you ain't gonna get nowhere can can i read the direct quote oh yeah please why do you even have a girlfriend at 15 she's just gonna break up with you oh he's only 15 i I never caught that part i give it i give it six months is what he says and then the producer turns around and said you never had a girlfriend he's like yeah but that's not what i'm saying and then so justice is finally like so he's and he's just asking a genuine question he's like okay so why are you telling me that I shouldn't do things that you 
yourself admit that you did a kid and it basically turns into a why why the hell are you questioning me yeah i didn't tell you you could question me oh this and then uh, he's like he's like yeah i've made mistakes but my mistakes don't need to involve what your mistakes are and um uh, he starts berating him some more um he makes justice cry again again and then justice just calmly very calmly just says i just want to stop talking about this and that's all he says and then his dad explodes it is oh and when i say explodes i mean like he could have burst the mic with the mouth the volume he was yelling yes he's screaming (sighs) you don't get to end the conversation i didn't give you permission to end the conversation you must ask me permission to end it and justice is like what the you know he has this look on his face he's like all i said was i just didn't want to talk about anymore and he's like i'm the parent you're not the parent you don't get to end the conversation and it's it's such it's control it's such bullshit too because the whole time he's been like you need to be tougher you need to stand up for yourself and as soon as he does he yells at him for questioning him. Yeah. He literally can't win. Or he yells at him for trying to stop the conversation because he's not done, you know, abusing him. No. He's got to finish getting his ego stroked. And he doesn't like that his son stood up to him. Yeah. And he, he basically says, you know, you don't do anything in your life, including playing video games, including ending conversations without asking permission. I'm like, oh, I could not live with a parent that said, you must ask permission to. But this is when we find out what a down bitch the driver is. Yes. So I, it makes more sense now that I know that it's his mom, but even if it wasn't. I took that that was his mom from the, the, the way that they were speaking to each it's other. It's someone who I'm just like, because you kind of see the camera paying to her back and forth during the first part of this argument. And she's just kind of like oh god like i'm here in the middle of this really like intimate intense argument and you can also see in the background that she's like on a highway or interstate so she probably doesn't want to get in the middle of it while she's driving and she but she stands up for him she's like he's afraid of you how is he supposed to have confidence if you just keep beating him down i'm like thank you oh and at this point justice has they've parked somewhere justice has got out and Uh he's gone he's gone further out and he's sitting there like on a bench and he's crying yeah which he needed to do that and i'm so glad she stopped josh from going after him and just let justice have a breather yeah it's it's so unhealthy none of it's not good for it's not good for either of them honestly no it's oh it was bad and then he was saying i'm making him tough and you know all those other bullshit responses that you know, toxic yeah. people yeah. say that they use to justify. Yeah. And then, so that's, thank God, the end of that scene. And so the very ending of the actual film, you hear Andre saying, you have to get the kid to buy into your dream. If you can get them to buy into what you're selling, you've got it made. I'm sorry, what? I thought that was the family's goal again it's all about the parents it's all about andres i don't think his wife is all about it yeah it does he even have a wife i didn't remember I seeing I her anywhere her. she was sitting at the table wasn't she was she i couldn't tell 
I know their other daughter was, but I couldn't I don't tell know. if she was there. But yet. all I know is that that's just nuts. yeah, and it's uh it's the kids are basically just pawns. They, they are, are tools to help parents fulfill some internal dream that they never achieved for themselves. Yep. Exactly. Okay, so we made it through the film. Woo! Yay! So now we're on to the discussion. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about who the people are who were included in the discussion? Oh, gosh, I forgot to write his name down, but he was a former NFL player. Uh, Todd Marinovich. Okay, Todd Marinovich. He, um, I forgot what team he, was it the Giants? Oakland Raiders are who drafted him. Okay. Um, he did not play for a lot very long because he ended up with a drug addiction which sidelined him into rehab and then he went into a very early retirement mm -hmm. his father was i believe a former nfl player as well was he former trainer i think former trainer or something yeah and you know he basically said that that relationship Kind of pushed the, to the drug level. Yes. And then the other panel person is a sports psychologist. Did you write his name down? Dr. Larry Lauer. Yes. And I like him a lot. But he works. Um, they picked him because he works actually with a lot of youth team sports and mm -hmm. coaches. And he even works with parents who mm -hmm. might potentially are pushing their kids too hard. Yes, and he actually conducted a five-year study of the impact of parents in youth sports. So, you know, yes. the perfect expert for this topic. Yes. Okay, so one of the things I talk about early in this discussion is what they call the optimal push. So it's about providing some structure and helping your kid to kind of have the courage and the ability to sort of, you know, take a step forward and try things. But you have to stop before you get to the point of controlling everything. Yes. And also, where is the healthy balance of mm -hmm. this is fun, but they're putting in the right level of effort? Yes. And they also point out that it's important for parents to check each other and help kind of keep each other in balance and keep each other from going too far. And I did notice that in this documentary, it seemed like either there wasn't another parent in the picture or well, they lady, like well, had specifically distanced themselves. That, that lady in the van with justice and Joss was his mother because they cut to that. Uh -huh. And when she was turning back and saying, you're not giving them the confidence, you know, the host, uh, Peter Berg was saying, is she making him too weak? Like he was just asking and he, and the, the, um, Todd said, no, you need to have two opposites here. You yes. need someone that can cool the deranged one, basically, from calming down. He didn't say it like that, but, but may as well you know, he, yeah. he said they have to play off each other. They have to tell each other to cool off. My mom was definitely the cool off. Like, I remember mm -hmm. there was a couple of times she would come down to the dugout and she'd be like, Philip, come over here. And then I would hear my mom being like, you need to get over here, sit in the bleachers and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine if you had two parents that were like building off of each other's intensity i would never play sports again Blah. ever okay yeah yeah so and i loved i love dr larry he had a lot of really good points and he first just says you know first of all whose goal is it yes is it the kid's dream or the, or the parent's, parents dream i loved it, sh it should not be the parent's dream like yes yeah and 
also parents are not fully qualified to determine what a child is capable of at a, at a given age. Yes. Including the level of effort they were able to put forth. Yes. And I thought that was a really, really interesting point. And that was speaking to Justice and Derek. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Derek's dad was putting him in all those crazy training sessions and all those supplements. Yeah. At an early age. And then Justice's dad was saying he's not putting in the level effort, pump up the extra training. And it's like, you're over stimulating their bodies. Mm-hmm. They're growing. They need sleep. So you have all this physiological, which, yeah. as you were saying earlier, can lead to some serious emotional issues down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we've said over and over uh, earlier already is when the love you give your child is based on performance, that is just the recipe for a toxic relationship. One thing I did write from Dr. Larry was be obvious with your love. Mm-hmm. Being tough does not build a, build a kid's confidence. Yes. Being like the, and they cut, and they cut to the mom with um, Blake and Tanner, Jamie, mm-hmm. that she, as soon as they come off the court, she was like, good job. Y'all really got in there. Yeah. And they were saying, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you saw them performing. Yes. If the coach comes to you and says, hey, I don't think your child is putting in the level of effort with the skill, mm-hmm. then you go to your child and say, hey, coach so-and-so, talk to me about this. Have they talked to you about that? How do you feel about, right. you know, your, your, your ability on this skill? And I'm like, exactly. I would never, and I'm sorry, I'm going on a side tangent, but They're I good. just was like, are you, I really liked what that psychologist was saying. And even Todd, the player, he was like, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. Like, you can't expect him because his dad was a trainer his dad was very much like the Mm -hmm. steve and the josh and pushed and pushed and pushed and it was just like yeah and he even said my life consisted of like it wasn't good enough yeah and i'm what really like made me sad was him saying that there were a lot of scenes in the in the documentary that were hard for him to watch because it just looked like a duplication of his life yeah his childhood yeah and you said something about this sec- a second ago, how it, like, we, making, being tougher on kids doesn't necessarily make them tougher. And they even went further to say that there is no scientific evidence to no. back up the idea that being tougher makes kids develop better or faster. Yeah. Yeah. Or resilient to, like, the handling of a loss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help them with that either. Actually, mm-hmm. it makes it worse. Yeah. Because in every little thing, it feels like a huge failure. And they're ca- and it's causing them more anxiety and more stress. Mm. Like poor Amari on the golf course. Mm. And then they also move into the free throws are hard to make. Even Michael Jordan missed. I think they were talking mm-hmm. about his first season, like how many free throws he missed in his very first season as a Chicago Bull. So, I mean, come on now. I did have a good laugh at the end of the uh, of the discussion session because they talk about how no one ever looks like they're having fun while playing football they're like is is football actually fun they're like yeah <laughs> like it has its moments you get to where you're going it does um uh, they do say that uh dr larry says one thing that i was pretty much honing in on my whole discussion thus far is you push your kid too hard they're gonna burn out 
Oh yeah. Do you? Re- and then he even says, "Do you want your kid to burn out at ten years old?" Yeah. Do you want that? Because it can happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't want them to. Do- and it's like, and we're, and he's like, and I'm not talking about just burnout in sports. They'll burn out completely. Yeah. Like, and it'll wreck your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Todd, the NFL player. He admit because he gets asked point blank, you know, do you think this basically toxic relationship with your father led to the drug addiction? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, it did. And then they said, what do you, if your dad was here now and we asked him, you know, does he look back and have anything different? Mm-hmm. He's like, I think my dad would look back and he probably would watch this documentary and say, wow, I made a lot of mistakes. I should have mm-hmm. just let him play. Yeah. And that broke my heart when he said, I should have just let him play. Yeah. But it is good that. I, it's, and he it, has, and he said he forget, he has forgiven his dad. Yeah. And it sounds like they've repaired their relationship. Which oh yeah. Is very much. Fantastic. I was yeah. so happy to hear that. Yeah. And they kind of, and on a note saying, you know, it's okay to do things that aren't fun or that are hard work in order to get better but it's the child that has to make the decision that they want to put that extra work in it's not healthy to force all that extra work on them if they don't get some sort of joy out of it in the end yes so as i've mentioned sabrina dances in a dance company Mm -hmm. i i remember asking her like a gazillion times before we started doing it Meanwhile, I know there's other dance parents that just signed their kids up for it and they weren't 100% in it. They were just doing it. You could tell they were doing it to make mom and dad happy, mm-hmm. mom and dad proud. And I'm like, are you sure, Sabrina? Are you sure? Because it's a lot of money. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I really want to do it. And she's like, yes, I really want to do it. And I know she's passionate. And so I'm totally fine driving back and forth. But, um, and I've told her, I said, at any point, and I do the same. Now, I will say this. My parents had always told us with any extracurricular activity, at any point it's not fun anymore, we won't be mad. We'll yeah. stop. And so I played soccer for a little while. I stopped. Danced. I stopped. So on and so on. Yeah. There was a point where I I loved it, but I wanted to try something else. And my parents were always like, well, we don't have the money for you to do five different activities. So yeah. you have to pick one. So, and I do appreciate that because that has given me a really good philosophy of, you know, is it fun for you still? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we'll keep doing it. And he did go back to um, playing football, but just at his local um, high school. And as of this, when this was played in 2013, he said he was estranged from his dad He had tried to call and text his dad, but his dad won't return his phone calls because apparently it was very exploded. His dad Mm -hmm. hasn't even returned his stuff. He mainly was just contacting him. So his dad would mail his stuff back to him, but he won't even speak to him. Is it me or did Justice look like a totally different human when he was not in his dad? Yeah. And he even said like, because they were asking him about his experience, which I guess because he was the oldest, they Mm -hmm. asked him through it and he just said that he probably won't go back to living with his dad Mm -hmm. and that it's probably strained their relationship for a long time yeah and um you know he just wants to play the game for fun yeah and you can tell that he's happy just playing a local football like he's not he's just being a kid he does not want to make a career out of it people yeah so blake and tanner 
they tried out for um, varsity tennis, but they only made it to the junior varsity roster. Yeah. And that's all they says. And Jamie is still very supportive yes. of them. Yes, I does say that. She's she's very excited that they made it. That's what that's what really sealed the deal for me on Jamie both that and when she actually said good job to her kids when they came out the car I'm like oh she is a good person yes um Amari won the key core golf classic and then it also notes that during this tournament no parents were allowed on the course I laughed so hard when that line popped up yes think maybe because Andre couldn't be underneath her ass exactly just oh um, Derek got accepted to Colorado Mesa University on a scholarship. It is a D2 school. So I think they're hoping to, I don't know if they're going to transfer, mm -hmm. but he does have a five-year scholarship there. Um, and it rounds out with his dad admitting that this is like icing on the cake to the 33,000 hours of training that they have put into oh. his life so far. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know how far away, Ugh. like, I don't know where they are to him being in Colorado, but I hope he got a good, healthy distance from his dad. Although, did you see the line that says at the end where it says, Steve plans on attending all oh, of Derek's yes. games home, home and, and away. away. Good times. I did not look them up to see where they are now. Mm -hmm. I would like to, but I didn't have the time, so. I hope that they are healthy and happy and have... A healthy distance from their parents in some cases. Yes, and apparently there is a like a feature long documentary at the end. They mentioned it, like the full trophy kids. Mm -hmm. But I did not want to look that up because if it's half as much of the yelling as it is now, I yeah. don't I don't wanna like I could feel my stress hormones like building up in my system as I was watching this. I was like, Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> But even though it was it was tough, good pick for right out of the gate. Yeah, it, well, you picked it. Not it was me. good job, me. <laughs> it <laughs> exactly, Sarah. Shut up. Yeah. So it's like I said, even though it's tough subject matter, it was a very well done documentary. Yes. So yes. I I don't know about you, but I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it. It's mm -hmm. definitely. Um, I found it on Amazon Prime. It was a twenty four hour rental for three dollars and 99 cents mm -hmm. um i thought it was really eye-opening i mean i i don't know if you have the extra four dollars to spend if you have hbo or hbo max you probably will be able to see it for free yes and look up if you have the any of the hbo apps or subscriptions look up the entire series because i was just scrolling through what the other episodes are and there are some really interested interesting ones in there they're ones around you know the language between uh, sports and violence um there are episodes around you know the female first like the women who like were trailblazers Ooh. at different points and i'm just like oh these look fantastic yes yes oh girl yeah my butt's asleep and i Mine think i think we've run out of stuff to say yeah and the the moscow has kicked in <laughs> oh girl this was fun this i like was this fun. Yay! Cool. Well, until next time, I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get the word out about the show. 
You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on Patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till Til next, next time. time.